1: Welcome to another episode of Unapologetic. I'm Will Posman I'm joined by my co-host of uh, Las Vegas Aces Center, <laughs> Kiesto. do I say New
0: York? <laughs> I know
1: you heard me almost say New York. I have New York on my mind right now, and uh, but and that's because Mike is in New York, ready to play. You're play You're playing the Knicks and the Nets over yeah, this week. Yeah. Uh, Orlando Magic guard Mike Mulder. Yes, sir. And we are joined today by a comedian whose special philosophy at the Apollo Theater is available now. Uh, one, of the, one of the few guys I know who uh, who sold out the Apollo Theater, Phil Hunt.
2: Hey, what's up, everybody? Are we supposed to clap? I don't know. <laughs> uh, body. Uh, let's see, we're... Okay, yeah, I guess you could've. Are uh, you got me used to being <laughs> here before, I guess. Uh, <laughs>
1: And uh, let's wait for your internet to settle and we're gonna edit out. Yeah, we're gonna edit out. Let me log on my
0: Wi Fi here and we'll see what's happening. Oh, he ain't even got Wi Fi, that's okay. Yeah, I don't want (laughs) to. You guys don't know for new look, I don't want to. It's a lot different With uh,
1: with basketball players, you know, you guys are getting. Elite Wi Fi at the AAU level. Comedians, you got to be a household name before you get Wi Fi. I mean,
0: elite Wi Fi. So I wouldn't say elite. It would not say elite.
1: (laughs) You guys don't know how the rest of us have it. You guys don't know how like civilian non basketball players have it.
2: Our Wi Fi is just not at the. Okay, so Phil, uh, you ready? You good? (laughs) I logged into some Wi Fi here, so we should be ramping up here. Oh, yeah, it sounds Uh, like that. We're
3: smooth. We're smooth.
2: It's okay. Settling a okay. little better. So,
1: Phil, you're you're a Pacers fan. You want to talk about that real quick?
2: Oh, uh, oh man, so much pain. Where would I even start? Uh, <laughs> Malice at the Palace. See, that's the documentary I want removed from Netflix. Uh, yeah, it's painful. I, I feel like we should protest for that. Uh, we got Rick Carlisle back, so hopefully nobody gets any ideas. I mean, Ron Artest completely ruined. <laughs> Completely ruined. I mean, we were ranked preseason number one. This is the best team we've had since then. So for them to bring what about Rick you had the back, Paul George,
1: the whole Paul George Roy Hibbert team? Those that team was those awesome. were some good years. Roy Hibbert, what wild. a name, DC zone. DC, I know every <laughs> that's my super talent is knowing a DC basketball
2: player. He was a two time all star, uh, and I feel like they. Got rid of the center position because of him, <laughs> and so and now
1: it's back. Let's talk. Let's go right into that. So, our first story that we're talking about this week. We're a little late on this, but I will say it's crazy how quickly this story has been cycled out of the news. Uh, last week, Jokic almost killed Marquise Morris during a basketball game, and then it <laughs> turned out that it was okay. They're both a hundred percent fine, uh, and Jokic missed a single basketball game. Uh, Kia is our joker hater on the podcast. Kia, let's start with you. How did you feel whoa, about
0: whoa, that? Whoa, whoa. I mean, <laughs> I feel like Morris took a cheap shot and Jokic took one back. I feel like it's kind of messed up when you do it when he's not looking. I feel like that's kind of low. But at the end of the day, like, nobody really got hurt. um But, like, the Morris, because him and his brother are like, y'all not innocent. Like, y'all be doing stuff that's dirty, too. So, like, I, as long as it was for the Joker to do that, I'm also like, I mean, Okay. I don't know. That's probably not the right way to phrase it, but I don't know. You I were fine
1: like, <laughs> You were fine with it. It sounds like, do, could you relate I, I more to Jokic because you're off, like you're not an instigator, so you're anti-instigator. Yeah. Is that fair?
0: Speaking of, we just had a game like, okay, not just like a month ago. And this girl was trying to like be held dirty for no reason and like actually try to hurt me. So yeah, maybe would have shoved her. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. The video is not on, like there's, there's no video of the game that I know of. So like, you'll never know. But like, I don't be doing nothing. I'll be chilling. None of my business. I don't talk shit. I just go out there, try to do my job. And on to the next. But she was being like, so I get it. Like when somebody would be dirty, somebody just gotta like, you know, hit on one time on the low low, not after the play is called and everybody's watching you. Like, <laughs> I don't get why he did that. Mike, what were your thoughts on it?
3: Now poor timing for sure. But like you said, like the Morris brothers are aggressive. It's not like their first incident where, you know, a dirty play has occurred. So, like, I wasn't surprised to see it from him. Um, I was more surprised by Joker's reaction, to tell you the truth. Um, but, you know, the retaliator, usually everybody's mad at them. So, um, you know, it was it was kind of messy all around. But, uh, you know, I, I didn't mind it. I, I also didn't mind, like, I didn't think the suspension was, like, too bad. Like, he got one game. No one really noticed. It was real quick. And now – like i didn't think it was too bad so i thought it was handled well i'm pretty sure both sides are are cool like as of now i know there's a the brothers had a little uh everyone was wondering what each brother would do about it but i'm I'm pretty sure it's all smoothed (laughs) over right now but i'll tell you one thing though you don't want to mess with the serves when it comes to no physicality or or none of that i'm telling you that (laughs) right now telling you that right now
1: don't do it yeah i saw i saw uh one of the analysts he was like well, you know, European players have a reputation for being soft that they have to. And I'm watching the TV like, yeah, in Spain, in France, nobody <laughs> yeah. thinks that about Slavs or Russia. Like, yeah, nobody's, nobody's like, oh, you know who's soft? Like, Nurkic.
3: <laughs> no, no chance, bro. No chance. Well, you do no smoke is, with the Euro guys. Um,
0: I feel like people don't understand how different European basketball is versus the NBA or WBA. Like, it's a completely different style of play. And especially if you're a foreigner playing in that country, they don't call fouls for you. So like in our league, all the Turks, if you touch them, you get a foul. But they can hack you, while you, scratch you, pull your hair out, and you're not getting calls. So I'm assuming for the guys, it's going to be the same way or worse. Like, it's very, very physical in this side. So whenever they call European soft, I'm like, y'all just ain't watching yeah. Like, y'all yeah. just don't know people that actually watch the sport and watch you know Euroleague and all the different leagues like overseas you would get it but i'm mean, like y'all just be talking just to talk like y'all ain't even saying nothing. i get really no, irritated they'll, sometimes they'll beat your
3: that. ass in the paint <laughs> they'll beat your ass in the paint no doubt they say if you don't use your fouls over there they might sub you yeah. out like you're supposed to be hacking over there a little bit so it's, yes. it's rough over there so I, i'm always surprised when they they get that little rap of their soft it's like i i've never seen it
0: Um, because the Europeans are soft, how, when you have people in the, in your league who get touched and they fall down and flop, but you know, I digress, (laughs) I digress. The Europeans are soft.
1: (laughs) Now, do you think that, uh, Jokic kind of got away from, like he could have, do you feel like it could have went a lot worse for him in terms of the way that the media cycle went with this?
3: Uh, no, I thought it was yeah. like, I thought it, you know, I, I wasn't too concerned with like, he He kind of was made out to be like a villain for a second. Um, but then I think people also realized like, if it wasn't, if it wasn't the Morris brothers involved in it and it was somebody else, I think it might have been worse for sure. Um, but yeah. when it's the Morris brothers involved, it's like, oh, you know, they're always kind of involved in a little scuffle or something like that. So um, it kind of, I don't think it went too bad for him. You know, it definitely could have went worse. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was expecting well- it to be worse. Because I just feel like if it's anybody else that was in his spot, whether it was against like the Morris brothers or whoever, I just feel like if it's somebody who was known for being aggressive, you're going to get more suspension. So yeah. I thought it was going to be worse because it looked really bad. But I mean, I guess he's not really known for being like that. I guess. I don't know. I don't really know anything about him. Apparently I'm a hater. He's physical, <laughs> but he,
3: he, he's physical, but I wouldn't call him dirty. You know what I mean? Um, I yeah. thought it was funny. I thought it was funny all the like, oh, like, um, I think one of the brothers said, oh, you hit him when he's not looking like blah, blah, like that's bullshit. Yeah. I and I, I saw <laughs> all, the, all the videos of them hitting dudes when they're not looking. And <laughs> it was funny, well, man.
1: So that was that was the other thing for me was that. He, they said that he hit him when he wasn't looking but the reason was cuz Jokic just got super angry and that was the way that i thought that the media cycle was going to go i thought that they were going to make a pattern out of what happened with Cameron Payne last year and attach it to what happened with Morris and i do think like Jokic has to he he needs to like control himself a little bit because he does get very angry, very quickly. And in a way it made me relate to him and go, Oh, I like this guy even more. Like it's so human, but I also think that, you know, next time could be worse. Like I, like you brought up Ron Artest earlier, Phil, and I felt the same way. I was a huge Ron Artest fan out the gate. I just loved the way he played and the passion. And, but at the same time, it's like, Oh, this guy, Is kind of getting way out of control angry at times, but at the same time, Shaq will get way out of control angry, and people, you know, if you do enough funny commercials, people just won't see you that way. So yeah, maybe Jokic time. So Jokic can either fix himself or he can stay flawed and just lean on his charisma and try to breeze through it. Does he have
0: charisma? Well, they stop calling those fouls. That's the
2: issue. What's up, Phil? I said I think they stopped calling those fouls, so there's a lot of contact going on, to where it's going to be more fights now because guys aren't getting their free throws. Yeah, and I think
0: I'm, to, to, I'm with it.
1: To what you were saying, I think Jokic has like he kind of has a very similar version of the Shaq charisma, where he can't really talk, but when he does, it's really funny for no good reason. <laughs> um, now, Phil, I I saw a couple comedians. um, you know, they're kind of of the mind that if uh if Jokic were were not white, this story would have been framed differently. Do you do you feel that way?
2: Nah, I think we just got a lot going on right now. There's a pandemic, <laughs> uh gas is like 390 for no reason. So it's just <laughs> kind of like ah, NBA fights, whatever. Yeah. I think there's like a more the, people a group- Popeyes over chicken sandwiches, so <laughs> All right. I, I always want to,
1: like, I think that's always an interesting aspect of this. On the other side of it, I, th- I feel like Jokic is kind of beloved by so many NBA fans that that part of it gets squashed. But, you know, I think if it was somebody like Giannis who was equally beloved, they probably get the same kind of media treatment. But at the same time, yeah. I think there are guys in the league that could do what Jokic did and, you know, really get obliterated for it oh for sure like rondo oh that's true it is denver which it's like not the biggest spotlight but i do feel like every time rondo gets in a fight on the court i kind of agree with rondo and the media takes completely the other side (laughs) so i'm a huge chris paul fan i do think he spat that one time i watched it a couple times I think I saw a spit, uh, but let's go to a positive NBA story is, is Kevin Durant is what he's doing so far. The most impressive thing a scores ever done. Like what, how do you guys feel about this as his peers? First, I want to start with like, do you feel like this is historic or even above historic or now, now I'm showing my bias. So Mike, let's start with you. Unbiased opinion. <laughs> how do you feel about what Kevin Durant is doing right now?
3: I mean, it's hard to be unbiased. Um, you know, I think KD is up there, like, arguably the best scorer we've ever seen in the game. So, um, obviously, he's making history, um, and it's been fun to watch, man. Um, you know, I watched the Warriors game last night, and it, it seems like every time he takes a shot and misses, you're more surprised um, than anybody you, you watch, you know what I mean? Um, so, it, it was cool to watch that, and it's, it's been great to watch KD um, not just this year, but he's been doing this for years, man. This is nothing new. Like, you know what I mean? This is this is certified who he is. Um, you know, he, I think he's going to be a lock Hall of Famer and go down as one of the best scorers we've we've ever had. So, um, no, I, I'm I'm impressed, and you know, I think we're all continuing to watch uh, kind of in amazement at, at what he's been able to do this year.
1: Kia, any anything you want to add to that?
0: Um. I mean, no, it's like right now, I feel like it's KD and Steph, like, and you already know, like, in the debate versus like LeBron or Steph, I'm always team LeBron, but I'm never going to deny how great Curry is, like, I can't do that, so just to, like, see them too, it's it's incredible, and you can't take anything away from either one of them, I feel like they're both putting up record numbers, they're playing amazing, I wish, I did, well, I wish I'd be able to watch them more, but unfortunately, like, because I'm eight hours ahead of the East Coast, it's I'm not really staying up to four in the morning to watch NBA games. Sorry, I got practice. But um it's, it's <laughs> incredible. I watch the highlights. Um, it's just I don't know. It's it's a wild time. I just wish I could be able to experience it more. But I think like for those that actually get to watch and participate and be around it, like it's history in the making right now. It's just like for both of the players. Like it's incredible.
2: Do you uh where do you put kitty, Phil? I mean he's got to be top 5 that I've ever seen. I think it's amazing an ACL injury didn't slow him down at and all. I mean when he got, when he got hurt I was telling people like you know his game is yeah. predicated on athleticism like he's a shooter and I mean he's a huge shooter. So it's like yeah, amazing I mean to see him come back. I think okay, see he's averaging 29 Goes to Golden State 29, the Nets 29. So it's just like, yeah, top 10 all time, easily. Yeah, I think that
1: the defense has it like when he was on Golden State. Sometimes I thought he was the best defender in the in the league for stretches. Like it was either him and Kawhi for me. Um, there were I mean, there was like those first two years at Golden State when like I felt like Draymond got some credit for some of the things that KD made possible because i think draymond's an amazing orchestrator of a defense but i think that the fact that draymond never really got bullied by other centers during that time i think kd should have got a lot of credit for that Mm -hmm. uh and now the defense is a thing he does for the playoffs like that's how good he kind of reminds me of Lionel messi in soccer where he does what it takes to dominate offensively during the regular season and then in big moments you realize he can do everything uh, but let's let's t- uh, last week we were going to talk about uh, the Colin Kaepernick show on Netflix. Let's let's talk about that. So has everybody watched that show?
0: I watched two episodes last night yeah.
3: actually because I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, let me tune in real quick. <laughs> yeah.
1: So you got your two episodes <laughs> in, and I'm I've watched most of it. And Mike, you've watched all of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Phil, you're familiar with the concept and the story. Of Colin yeah, I watched like four episodes.
2: I'm like four episodes in.
1: Okay, cool, great. Okay, so let's let's talk about this. Um, Do you think that the show does it make you more connected to Colin Kaepernick's sacrifice, or do you feel like he, or did you feel more connected when he was a little bit more of a mythic figure and there was a little less footage of him talking? Like, how does this show existing, let's start there. How does it affect your relationship with Colin Kaepernick? And Mike, since, since uh, you're, the, you're the one who's watched the whole thing, let's start with you.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, as, as a guy myself, like I come from a family where my dad is black, my mom is white. So, like, when you watch the show, um, like, you see his mom and she's kind of trying to, to resonate with his culture a little bit, but she doesn't really know how. Um, and there's a struggle and a disconnect there. Um, like that's something I can recognize. Um, you know what I mean? And I think my mom does a good job at that. Um, but I could, I could see how that would be difficult for any parent. Um, you know, I got a buddy of mine and he's got, he's got a black son, but he's white. And he's like, you know, like Mike, like, I don't, I'm going to have a hard time one day having to teach him like what it's going to be like to be black. Cause I have no, I can't recognize that. Like I have no idea. Like there's going to be conversations that are going to be difficult uh, for us to have. And, you know, I think that's an important thing for people to realize Um, as well. But no, I thought it was good. Like, I think um, in the other aspect of it is like, I know a lot of people who, you know, had their form, their opinions on Colin Kaepernick uh, without really knowing uh, anything about him. You know what I mean? It was kind of like very political at the time. Instead, it really took away from the message he was trying to send, um, which was unfortunate. But um, now that they've watched the show, they kind of like have a, a way to relate or understand him a little bit, um, even without the football aspect of it and the NFL aspect of it. And I think that's helpful for people to, you know, obviously see that and take that with them um, just so that they have some context behind like who he is, because I think a lot of people didn't really understand him. and He was very misunderstood during the whole thing. Um, and the way that it was polarized, um, it kind of divided people into two sides. Um and you know, I didn't think that was that wasn't really helpful for, you know, portraying his message. So I thought that I thought it's good um, you know, to give that type of inside aspect of it and, and let people really see kind of like where he comes from and who he is.
1: I thought that the kid did an excellent I mean the if people watch the show, the kid actor that they got is perfect. Like he, he doesn't he does such a good job of making like Colin Kaeper, Kaepernick's childhood a very specific experience. Um and I feel like Colin Kaepernick owes this kid a thank you, because for me, the kid did so much for how I was able to feel connected to, to Colin and his story. Kia, what about what about you? How, how do you feel about the show?
0: Um, like I said, I'm only two episodes in, um, but kind of what Mike said, like, my dad is black, my mom is white. I grew up in Iowa, like, in the suburbs, so, like... Clearly, more on like the white side, if you know, to put it blatantly. Um, so I get it, like the mom's really trying to like figure out the culture for her son. She's trying to, you know, do what she got to do. And I feel like I kind of relate to that because you know my mom, mom and she didn't really know like anything about like I don't want to say she didn't know anything because like she was made to a black guy, but like it's not the same. Like when you're growing up in Iowa, like in the middle of cornfields, like it's not the same. Uh, so, like, there was a lot of stuff I recognized um, as a mom's trying to, like, figure out things. And even the the father who was like, oh, just cut your hair. Like, you got to do what's right. Like, that's kind of like how it was growing up, too. Like, so I kind of get it. Um, so it was it was interesting to see that that's, like, his dynamic where he came from. But the one thing I will say I didn't like about the whole show, at least so far, is, like, I feel like his monologues are, like, really dramatic for no reason. And I just didn't really, I don't know. I just feel like I lost the connection. Like, I'm like, you're talking, but like, what are you saying? Like, you're trying to be like hella deep right now. And I just, I don't know. I feel like he lost me a little bit. Like, I feel like he wasn't being himself. Or maybe that's really how he is. I don't know. But like, that's the only thing I could say that I really wasn't feeling. Like, talking about like, oh, hell yeah. Life is like a video game. He's holding a controller. Or like when the lady comes out and like, actually like going to braid his hair. I'm like, that's just really dramatic for no reason. Like, that I was think- the only part I could say. Like I okay, think those you're doing a little much.
1: <laughs> no, I felt the same way. I feel I think those monologues are written by Ava Duvernay and then read by him. And you really feel it. You go, oh, this feels yeah. like the yeah. monologues in Selma, or it feels like in other Wrinkle in Time, like other Ava Duvernay movies. And it doesn't really feel like him. But at the same time, I thought some of them were were thought-provoking. Probably the most controversial is the one that equates NFL training camps to Plantation and Slave Dynamics. Uh, how did you guys feel about that um, parallel?
0: What episode was that? Did I miss that? that no, that was right <laughs> at the, they <laughs> opened What's with the it. the first or second, Oh, that was yeah. the beginning. Oh, see, I had just ordered some food, so I must've missed that. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs>
3: I mean, I can understand, I understand the reference he's trying to make. I think like, I think the way it came out really rubbed people the wrong way. Like I saw a lot of that in the news the day after it dropped and it was like, Ooh, like I know where you're trying to go with this. Um, I just feel like, you know, the way, the way you word it, you have to be super careful um, in the way you word it, because, you know, there's no hiding from the fact that, you know, athletes, they're going to be viewed as, you know, they're multimillion dollar people. Um, you know what I mean? And, it, and it's, it's totally different choosing to play a sport. Um, and making that your profession then obviously being born into slavery in a situation like that. Or so, being
0: forced. Yeah. Right.
3: So it's like I think I think the the like the idea he had, um like he was trying to what he was trying to say, I don't think he uh I don't think he, he necessarily came out with it the right way for sure.
2: Interesting. Yeah. I I think yeah, yeah. that oh Phil, yeah, go for it. It definitely came off a little heavy-handed, the whole thing, Mm -hmm. a little bit like, uh, I don't know, Colin being Maya Angelou was a little, it was throwing me (laughs) off a little bit there. Uh, And it was a little heavy on the microaggressions, where it's like, you know, microaggressions are annoying, but if you're aggressive, you can kind of shut those down by being like, hey, are you following me around the store right now? obviously you don't have. Self awareness when you're like 12 to do that, but I thought they should have focused a little more on him being a quarterback. And then, even the whole like the parents thing, it's like, hey man, they adopted you, mm-hmm. okay? They did get braids. Like, <laughs> like I know if I was <laughs> to adopt the parents, I would have been a little upset. Like, seriously, oh, that's so- his real parents uh- took a knee, so it's just like, hey man, <laughs> that's so funny. I, but
1: at <laughs> I the same time. I was get I was the complete other way. I was getting so angry at the parents. Every time that the dad was like, shave your mustache, or when they didn't notice the guy being weird at the elevator, I was like, man, because it reminded me of like my parents in terms of not noticing something happening that's annoying me. So I was like, Mm -hmm. if you know, like I'll be in line at the store and the guy in front of me in line is doing something weird and annoying, and then I come out of the you know, and they see me in line and they just, they don't understand why my mood's changed. So I related so much to that. And I also, I, I feel like, I felt completely the other way. I was like, if you're gonna adopt this kid, you should make an effort to understand why this kid is gonna feel especially connected to Alan Iverson or whatever.
3: Right, no, I, yeah, I definitely Yeah, but I feel like
0: feel the mom that. did. She took the steps, she took him to the barber shop. Like, I feel like that was so cool. Cause yes. at first they were just firm. like, nah, cut his hair. Get the bus cut. And then she was like, nah, let's take I away. Feel, yeah. like She was trying. Like, that was really like cute because I feel like my mom yeah. would
3: have did that. Yeah, I felt like the show was trying to make it like, because I felt the same way you did, Will. Like, at first I was like, man, his parents are pissing me off. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like that's the emotion they're trying to invoke. Um, but then it's like coming from my own background in this very similar situation. I'm like, well, the parents don't know how to to really resonate with that culture. And like, there is an attempt or like, they are trying, like, you know what I mean? I just don't think, they can't see it from from his standpoint. So it's like, when the mom finally was like really making an attempt to like, okay, if you're gonna do your braids, like, let's do it right. Like, let's bring you to like a black barbershop and like this and that. Um, Like, you know, it showed that she was trying and it's like, you know, it kind of brought me back to like, okay, like, I think they are trying to evoke this emotion in me where it's like, man, the parents are getting me pissed. Um, But at the same time, you got to recognize like in the real world, like, that, that's a tough situation for a parent to be in to not quite understand the background of their child right so it, it was important for them to show and they did um that they did try and they are they were trying
1: but they would they would take one step forward and then two steps backward for like sure. they would let him listen to chameleon Air on the ride when he's driving <laughs> and then a cop would pull a gun on their kid and they'd be like, "Lucky, lucky, he didn't even give you a ticket." Like, how do you miss a person <laughs> Wait, having what? a gun on your kid? Remember when they do the traffic stop? Oh, oh you wouldn't yeah, have there gotten. Yet. Oh, oh, you haven't gotten there. So, spoiler I'm alert: they I'm let him bad, listen to "The chameleonaire. When you hear "The chameleonaire, <laughs> you'll know that a cop is I'd about to pull coming. a gun on Colin Kaepernick.
2: Was it well, you actually know you it about- riding dirty? Because that's hilarious. Now I'm gonna. Go I think back. it was. <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> it don't have a
1: photographic memory, but it might have been.
2: I mean, yeah, driving while black is real, you know, the DWB. But like they're saying, it was a little heavy handed, heavy handed. And it fails in comparison to Bill Russell having to enter the back door of a stadium. And, you know, can't sleep in the same hotel room. So Mm -hmm. and I mean, a lot of the stuff she was talking about, as far as the parents go, it's like they're also from rural Wisconsin. Like, I'm from Indiana. She said she's from Iowa. You know, there are mean... black people <laughs> Things. in Indiana and Wisconsin, so there's that too. Right. Yeah, no, the Bill Russell stuff is crazy.
1: I was just I was thinking the other day about the fact that Larry Bird's the most popular basketball player in Boston, and you go, What would a black athlete have to do to pass Larry Bird? Like 12 championships, 15 championships? Like if LeBron, LeBron had played, played in, in Boston. Well, who's the most popular Indiana Pacer
2: ever? Is it Reggie Miller? Definitely Uncle Reggie, as we affectionately refer to him as. My favorite Pacer <laughs> is Robert Rose, but that's another story. It's no the other, hairline. No. I'm working on that for myself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, th- this is the thing about uh, Boston, though. No other city has a 12 or 11 time NBA champion, and that's not their favorite player. Like there's no other NBA city when eleven-time NBA champions the second favorite player in that city.
2: Yeah, damn. But
0: it's
1: there were only
2: four teams. It was like five teams. <laughs> yeah, but so does it still, really one count? of the
1: teams had Wilt and Jerry West and uh, James Worthy and sure. stuff. Oh, not James Worthy, Elgin Baylor. I was gonna say well, James Worthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, James Worthy. Time traveling, James Worthy. Okay, so on that note, let's actually. There a lot this of is this is actually the the reason I was so excited to have a uh, to have Phil on. I'm I'm surprised that this story isn't getting talked about more because it involves maybe the biggest star in the world, and it's it's crazy. Will Smith put out a autobiography, and. He he no, said no. everything that a person could say about their life. I know I know how I feel about it, so I'm gonna go last. Phil, I want to start with you. How do you feel about the Will Smith? Uh, I, I don't know his whole life reveal. Like he didn't hold anything back.
2: Okay, you gotta fill me in here. What are some of the tidbits I haven't gotten to that story quite yet? Uh, he said he fell in love with other women.
1: Uh, while making movies with them, he said he's done mushrooms multiple times. He said that him and Jada are are poly after denying it for years—not like denying it, but not really Never saying it. it. Never confirming
0: it. Never, yeah.
1: I mean, and that's the beginning of it. Like he talks about, you know, oh, feeling suicidal after the end of his first marriage. Like he, I he mean, thought about killing his me, dad. Like, yeah. No, this is, oh, yeah. this is thing something thing about different. Like, his dad, people really yeah, like, are dude, not you're talking not,
2: about this enough. You're not killing your dad. You got in one little <laughs> fight and your mom got scared. Like, let's, let's <laughs> relax. Yeah, and then we saw those headlines and was like, wait, what? And it's like, oh, yeah, okay. I don't know. Well, he's got to do something that Ada, you know, is coming out with all these stories and things. So
1: um, it's like. This is such a – you're looking at it so and, uh, jaded. This is so jaded. I look at it like Richard Pryor. Like, this it. is a guy telling us everything, and people aren't ready for it. You really – you're looking at it like, oh, he's just doing this for the attention?
0: He, he Did, could
1: – he's, he's playing Serena
2: Williams' of dad. is about him and uh, – What? Sorry. So my conspiracy that. theory on Will yeah. is – <laughs> Ah, Jesus, this internet. That's the first conspiracy. Um, <laughs> second is my conspiracy theory is that Will song just the two of us that he said is about his first son. I think it's actually about him and Jada, and that he had something to do with Tupac disappearing. I'm not sure exactly what, but uh, I don't want to oh, insinuate so, okay, or imply so you're, anything. But are you just team Tupac
1: to the point where you're not even gonna give Will Smith the grace that he might be an icon?
2: I mean, he took her from Tupac. So, you know, I, I respect Will a little more for that. Staying alive is a skill, you know. Ate the right type of rap songs, you know. Parents just don't understand and all that stuff. So I, I'm a big fan of Will's. But uh, it's been a rough week for people in Philly. Uh, between Ben Simmons not playing <laughs> and Will Smith autobiography. Then Meek Mill said he's not getting paid either. And it's just like, what's really going on? People yeah, are mad Philly, at his you box.
0: <laughs>
1: Philly, Philly is going through it. So Kia, are you, are you I know you're like Fresh Prince is like your all-time favorite show, right?
0: I want to say all-time, but I am a big Will Smith fan. Like I used to love it, used to watch every night on Nick at Night. Like I'm a huge, huge fan. When I was growing up, I thought me and Will Smith were gonna get married. Wasn't really sure logistically <laughs> how that was gonna work, but like in my mind for sure thought that was gonna happen. Um
1: I thought me my, and Alonzo Morning were gonna be teammates, so it's like another one <laughs> of those little I was like eight years old, and I was like he'll still be he'll be the center, Tim Hardaway will be the point guard, and I'll take Dan Marley's minutes, it'll be perfect. Yeah. I mean, What's crazy big is three I McDonald's exists, all American.
0: And... <laughs> I was gonna say when I was at McDonald's all American, Alonzo Morning wished me happy birthday. So that was like pretty cool. i was oh, in like 2010. But anyways, back to Bill Smith. Um <laughs> See, I just, I, I love him so much and I respect him and I love his work, but I just feel like right now it's too much. Like, and all the thing in in the past couple years with Jada about her, like, just, sure. it's just a lot. Like having an entanglement with August Alcina or whatever his name is. And just like, it's just a lot. And we're just like, so why are y'all together? Like it doesn't, clearly it doesn't work. Or maybe it does, but it's like, I'm just tired of hearing about it. So all this stuff coming out in his autobiography, I'm just like, I'm not even surprised anymore, but like, I don't care. Like go back to like, J. Cole had the whole song, like I want that Will and that Jada love of whatever the quote is. But now it's like, do you even Mm. want that anymore? Because I don't, because I don't even know what y'all are on. And I I don't don't want, so like, (laughs) I'm just kind of over it. And I feel so like terrible saying that because I love Will Smith. I love his, like him, his movies, his persona, whatever, like everything about him. But like, now I'm just like, you kind of like regular with like a lot of money. But yeah, that's not really? cool. Like, it just kind of, like, breaks down your whole, like, ideology of him, and now he's just, like, a regular person. Sometimes so it's be better so cool.
3: to know less about, like, a, a celebrity you, you really, like, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it better to know less. When you when you really start to know every detail, you're like, ooh, you're taking away, like, you know, you're taking away the, like, unknowns and, you know, the whole, Actually, I hate relationships. Like, the internet has ruined relationships <laughs> in, in many ways, but I hate the the, like, celebrity relationships the most, I think, because everything's everywhere and like, there's no privacy to it. So it's like, now we, every two weeks, we got to turn on the internet. I go on Twitter and like Jada's Hashtag trending the again.
0: Baby. Oh
3: God. <laughs> and it's like, that's, that's just, that's just like, sums it up like in a nutshell, right? <laughs> so it's like, every time I go on Twitter and I see Jada's trending, I'm like, oh my God, like what's she done to Will this week? Like, <laughs> this I can't, insane. I can't keep seeing the Fresh Prince going out like that. Like, I just want to see him how, how I saw him. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, preach. So, just preach.
3: That's basically it. Whatever they got going on, I just wish I didn't have to look at it for real. Yeah, more is definitely less for
2: sure. That part okay, is less well is let's more. I said that backwards. <laughs> <laughs> let's
1: let's go into uh, let's get into our last topic. This a perfect segue is less or more is less. Now I say it, now I'm saying it wrong. Uh, <laughs> is less more with Dave Chappelle? How do you feel the same way about uh, this new? Chappelle movie that we're all going through.
2: <laughs> Me, I'm gonna let Phil handle
0: <laughs> that. Yeah, you,
3: you, <laughs> uh,
2: all right. Well, as a comedian, I'm kind of biased that you know people have to be able to say things and how they feel. And I don't feel like he said anything really wrong. I mean, he didn't use any slurs, he tried to address people with respect. And people still took it as, you know, he just said how he feels. And I mean, you know, he's given us 20 years of being funny. And being funny is such a small part, I feel like, of being a legend. Mm -hmm. You know, unless you're Michael Jordan, you take a stance one way or another. You know, politicians buy sneakers, too. So it's like, you know, this is him (laughs) saying, "I, I don't care that Republicans buy sneakers. Here's how I feel. So. You know, it's beautiful to me. It's like, you know, George Carlin in his old age, he had a lot to say about society and how it was changing. And he warned us about participation trophies. And I feel like this is Chappelle saying the same thing of, hey, you know, when I was just making fun of Black people that were crackheads or whatever, no one cared. It's like crackheads, that's a pronoun too. But now that he's making fun of the pronoun community, everybody's so upset. And it's like, eh. When he was making fun of Rick James and Rick James smoked crack and went to prison, it was fine. So as long as he was making fun of black people, everybody thought everything was just funny. But now it's like, oh, you can't say that about this group of people. And it's like, the equality is the right to make fun of everybody. And I'll leave that there. Yeah, I,
1: I see that aspect of it. And I'm also looking at it through a comedian lens. I think that the contrarian in him won out in a way that was like just for him. Like the way I look at it is he did a thing for him. People said, you won't, you know, you've been talking about this a lot and we don't like to hear you talk about this. And then he said, well, I'm so smart. I'll make a whole special where I only talk about this and I talk about it artfully in a way that will age really well. And my thing is, okay, Cause Chappelle's done this before. Like people forget Chappelle, the first time he went away, he said, you guys called me a crackhead and that's out of pocket. And I'm going to go away for 10 years and come back. And uh, he understands celebrity. If you go away, people Mm -hmm. will beg you to come back and people will love you when you do come back. Now he's going to say, you called me transphobic. I have a trans close friend who killed herself. I'm going to go away. And then he's going to come back and be greeted like a celebrity because he's smarter than everybody all the time. The thing I have a problem with is we're all going through COVID and we would have really appreciated a special, I'm speaking for me and literally every comic I know and every fan of comedy I know. I We would have loved Chappelle to talk about what it is like to go through fucking COVID. And instead he did a thing for himself. So I'm like, okay, Chappelle, you're one of the five best comics on the planet, but like, the whole king of comedy thing that you tried to wear for half a second like let's put that on cat's head let's put that on our friend Nico's head like let's put that on the head of somebody who can wear it and not somebody who's selfish I, I mean doesn't that make it you now.
0: sound doesn't make you sound selfish because you want him to do something for you like why don't he just do it for no here, like, why he got here's do it for why you?
1: <laughs> here's why here's why so comedy like hip-hop has had a history of cosine culture you have Ronnie Dangerfield co-signing a bunch of comedians, Red Fox, Johnny Carson. There's examples through history of comedians paying it forward to the next generation. And that's what keeps art forms functioning correctly. And the Chappelle generation of him, Louis, Rogan, Burr, all of them, they've dropped the ball on this more than any other generation like Cosby terrible human being gave so many more young comedians than all those guys Yeah yeah Philly uh if you thought you had uh you were in for a good podcast Philly fanatic no this is going to be a rough one for you
2: Well I'll say Chappelle's definitely given some uh get off my lawn energy but I don't expect my uncles to necessarily agree with me so there's that But But remember the thing he was, said like, It was like an end game, if you will, like end game for Marvel Universe of his all of his Netflix specials put together. And I mean, there's a reason they paid him 20 million dollars. And I mean, all the trans employees or whoever protesting in the name of trans really proved Monique's point about Netflix. When Monique spoke up and said, you know, they're underpaying black women. No one walked out. Mm hmm. But now that they said something about, you know, trans or the LGBT people feel like they need to walk out. And it's like, well, who do we necessarily care about? Everybody or just people we agree with? And I'm a big fan of hearing out anybody. I don't, and I mean, Chappelle's been great. They gave him $20 million for the special. So they're not taking it down, but they could have protested as hard for Monique.
0: So do y'all feel like he crossed any lines like with the special? Like, um, no, I thought the, that's my biggest the, thing. Cause like, I just feel like you have to be able to like make fun of yourself. Like people make fun of WBA players all the time. Like, yeah, sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's too much, but like, I feel you can't take offense to everything. Like, that's how I feel personally. So, and you know how he said, like Chappelle used to always joke about like black people are crackheads and it was funny and we were all like, okay with it. So like, do you think there was a line crossed or like, I don't, do you I don't think, think everyone's being oversensitive crossed. cause you know, cancel culture is OD these days. Like it's really annoying actually. Because you got to be so PC all the time and I hate it, but that's just how I
1: feel. I don't don't believe that a single line was crossed. I just think he wasted a lot of people's time. I think that crossing the line would have been something like inciting violence against a trans person. Like to me, that's, that's really the line. Like to me, you're allowed to have toxic opinions, especially as an artist. We talked about Mm -hmm. Will Smith and Richard Pryor earlier, like Richard Pryor's to me, one of the five most important American artists. And he has plenty of toxic opinions. Muhammad Ali is one of the five most important American athletes. He has plenty of toxic opinions. I don't begrudge toxic opinions. I just think like with so much happening in the world, Chappelle wasted all of our time talking about a thing that only mattered to him.
2: So you felt like he could have gave a more wide range of topics and that's that's a fair Do you need
1: a whole special to say that white trans people complain more than black trans people and it doesn't make sense? It's like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he d- he took a whole special to say intersectionality is a is a thing that people should know. Of. Like talk about COVID, man. That's COVID is a once in a lifetime thing. <laughs> there, or hopefully, there's still tra- going to be trans people that do and don't like Chappelle. In a thousand years, there's still going to be trans people that are and aren't fans of, fans of his. You know, I just yeah. thought it was a waste of
2: time. Yeah, it it was pretty good to me. You I think Kat I, like would, I said, would do I that. Would as wrapping up all the statements he'd made over the years. And maybe he was working through it himself. Look at at Carlin.
1: Compared to Carlin, though,
2: could you ever see Carlin
1: spending a whole hour on such a stupid topic?
2: Carlin, you know, was mining very small thoughts by the end of it and was almost a philosopher. And people see comedians as modern-day philosophers. So I think that was fine. And if you want, you know... Kevin Hart's the family guy. He does a bunch of jokes about his family. Uh, but he's too Gabrielle rich. To, I mean, look, all Chappelle can't really... Chappelle so there can't are comedians really- for that.
1: It's not that Chappelle is the everymaniest everyman, but Kevin Hart, when he started talking about COVID, he's like, COVID's terrible. I had to build a comedy theater in my basement. You're like, okay, this is not... <laughs> this is not relatable.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and he talked about that, why everybody was unemployed and fouled. Yeah, and he's got people working the comedy theater in his basement. And waiting on that
0: stimulus check. Yeah, He's like, check out my
2: mansion in the middle of a pandemic. Like it's I love kind of celebrities. insignias everywhere. Oh my god! Celebrities not being self-aware during the pandemic was great. Like they're like standing in front of a waterfall, being like, "Guys, stay home." <laughs> like COVID's not that <laughs> yeah. bad.
0: Just stay home, guys. Easy for you
2: to say. Nice bowling alley. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you got the PS Five? Oh yeah, I would stay home too. That's
1: cool. I remember when they were like. When a storyline right before the bubble started was actually does LeBron have an unfair advantage going into the bubble because he has a full gym that only <laughs> he has access to in his backyard?
0: Yo, other people got gyms, bro. Like, stop that. That shit, never well, that's the thing. So
2: I feel like we're very, what have you done for me lately? Like with Kyrie Irving, that he paid some WNBA players salaries and maybe she can speak more on that that everybody forgot that now he's this selfish guy mm-hmm. oh are you another Kyrie vaccinated. Truther
1: I'm yeah. I'm a Kyrie Truther we, we talked about
2: that a little I'm right up the middle on him of like as a hoops fan I'm like dude you've got one of the you know top 10 he's probably top three all-time ball handlers of like dude you're so gifted and I want to see you out there yeah and you crazy. are in a sense letting your teammates down but I'm like Yeah, this whole vaccine mandate, and I mean, he could play anywhere but New York. I think it's a little ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I think
1: he's ultimately the opposite of Chappelle. Like, Kyrie is trying (laughs) to help everybody, and he ends up kind of bumping into the wall. Chappelle is kind of only doing what's best for him, and ultimately he has 100 million people calling him the messiah. So they're kind of the yin and yang of each other to me.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I think we, but we got to be very careful about telling people shut up and dribble. So,
0: oh, for sure. I no,
2: feel myself going that way. I'm like, you know what, man, good for you. If you can turn down $30 million, that's great for you. I know, it's gonna be me. Right.
0: I know that not be me.
2: <laughs> she said, so. I know that's true. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I know guys who don't believe in it that took it. I'm currently lying to some friends because I'm vaccinated, but I tell them, like, I I live in Harlem, so there's a lot of hotels in Harlem, and I have to play the role, so. Yeah, Uh, initially before, like, when I first got the vaccine, I would lie, say I
1: was unvaccinated so I wouldn't have to hang out at stuff if I wanted to not go to something. (laughs) I'd just be like, I haven't gotten it yet, I'm meaning to, but now I can't really now people would probably
2: side-eye me. Yeah, Yeah. I feel like after that Nets loss last night, they're definitely probably going to send Kyrie somewhere in the next few days. I I would love to see him and Ben Simmons straight up. It fixes both teams' problems. I feel like Philly gets a point guard, big guy, little guy, classic Kobe Shaq kind of thing. And Kevin Durant gets somebody that can defend and just like, hey, I'll take the night off. I'll just be a shooter score or whatever. Ben Simmons be great on the Nets. Mm-hmm. I think Kyrie gets vaccinated for the playoffs.
1: I think this is the new version of Shaq staying out of shape all season.
0: <laughs> and
1: then just getting in shape right in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then dominating the playoffs. I think that uh, it's actually an advantage for Brooklyn. If Look at the standings. They're at the top of the East. People act like they're bad. Kyrie's going to come back. Nobody's going to see have seen what they look like and and also like people forget that Kyrie like he does a lot of risky stuff on the court like he's always an injury risk because he's trying to fit into such tight spots so in a way for me I'm like this is a bigger advantage for Brooklyn if he like maybe they'll have like heart intake two weeks where he gets reverse vaccinated then revaccinated so he can go to Vegas or something yeah. You I, I was, <laughs> we'll, we'll edit I was, that out. No. I
2: was hoping more guys wouldn't be vaccinated so we could get the all-star game this year, vaccinated versus unvaccinated. I, I think that, funny, that would oh, be fun. But let's end funny. with that. Who do
1: you think who do you think would win from let's take all the guys who didn't want to be like because obviously the whole NBA is vaccinated, but just like the guys that were really pro-vaccine. Who would be the top five for pro vaccine? Well, who was the pro,
0: but who was pro anti-vax besides like Andy Beale. and Kyrie?
1: Bradley okay, Beal is on that team for sure. Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, is the power forward for mm-hmm. the non-vaccinated team. Mike, is this is this uh, too? Close? I mean,
2: we still got
3: like we still got like fifteen guys who aren't vaccinated. They just don't make the news because they don't got the mandate. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. that's that's an unfortunate stance too, but. Um, No, there was definitely a, a high caliber top five unvaccinated players at the beginning of the year. Like
2: for sure.
1: Jokic isn't vaccinated and I respect it. The guy's a leader. I won't hear anything bad
2: said about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, these are also like single guy decisions. Like if you look at the guys who are, it's like LeBron's like, well, we, we felt like it was the best decision yeah. for us. Me, my wife, my kids, and it's like the guys who aren't are just like, I, me, I've done research, me, I yeah. feel like, and then I've done research,
0: I'll well. Google things. Okay. But
2: yeah, yeah. you now, know LeBron's did. wife was like, Hey, 35 million is on the line here. You can take the <laughs> job or I can give it to you. Which one would you like? <laughs> <agree?" laughs>
1: Do you Kia? So in the WNBA, everybody's vaccinated except like one person, right? It was,
0: it was i feel like at the most it was everyone was planning on it besides like three people and i don't know if those three people ended up getting it and i'm sure they did because our rules were so strict like mm-hmm. if you didn't get it you couldn't go out to eat or you could get fined and we just didn't want to deal with it so mm-hmm. majority of us yeah got vax which like I, it's really not the big deal like vaccines have been going on forever like i don't understand like it's too new like do you really want to wait 30 years for a vaccine like technology has advanced far enough like do you really have to Go through 30 years of testing, but my mom is also I mean, a doctor. So I get a lot of this from her, but I don't I just, think a I lot of people
3: it. know anything about vaccines. So like, that's you know, I think I'm, saying. I'm pretty something. positive
0: conspiracy theories. I'm, like, we're in the
3: misinformation age and I'm pretty positive. Like this one took as long as any other vaccine that's taken. Like, you know, what I mean, we, it was, it was pretty comparable. Um, but like, yeah, no, I, I don't know. It wasn't a political stance. I know for me personally, and I bet like as a single guy, no kids, no wife, no, no one else to really worry about. I think a lot of the players will probably be in my boat when they say it's like, okay, it really came down to like, I don't want to test on off days. I don't want to test in the morning on game days. I want, to, I want to go sit on patios <laughs> and shit. Like that's basically, yeah, like, that's basically I it. Go it was not to a eat. political stance. It was like, yo, I can take the shot. I'm going to survive. Like, and I'm going to be able to go out to eat when I go to LA or whatever. Like, it's all good. Like but
0: <laughs> For me, well, the, the. Just take it too far. I think, but I okay, will. For me, for
1: me, the most important piece of information that, or like misinformation, I heard is I would hear people being like, "Rich people aren't getting the vaccine," and it <laughs> was the exact opposite. Rich people yeah. were paying thousands of dollars to cheat the line to move up to get it early. <laughs> yeah. And once I knew that rich people were doing that, I was like, "Okay, if the rich people are getting the vaccine, I'm going to
2: get in line right behind them. They're not going to yeah. poison the rich people." <laughs> Isn't it it's great changed. that Kyrie now has both? the shot and the shot you know <laughs> Shot in cleveland and then the shot in brooklyn so we know what the, the title of this 30 for 30 is and and both <laughs> times fully stole lebron's thunder
1: <laughs> every Damn. time all right that's uh that's everything we had uh, for today um let's let's outro everybody and we can just tell people where they can find us uh, thanks for listening, guys. I'm I'm Will Poston. You can find me on Instagram at Will Poston, W-I-L-L-P-O-Z-N-A-N, and
0: Keel, Let's start with you. Instagram and Twitter, K Stokes forty one. Follow your girl. Thank you, <laughs>
3: <And> Mike. <laughs> I don't really be on Twitter like that, but hit me on the gram, Mike Mulder eleven. I'm not gonna spell it like Will. Figure it out. You'll see me there.
2: <laughs> and, and Phil. Cool. Uh, you can find me at I am Phil Hunt on all social media. Uh, yeah, nice meeting you guys. Uh, you you want to tell them about the,
1: tell them about the special real quick?
2: Ah, ah that special. We're, we're gonna do another one. It's gonna be bigger, it's better. I'm working on something. But uh, yeah, find me on social media. I am Phil Hunt. All sorts <laughs> of opinions. Cool. Great. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you
1: next week. Thanks, guys. Bye,